You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Good morning, Classic Auto Mall listeners. Good morning. Oh, how many cars are out in our parking lot today? Five hundred, six hundred spots for. I think, yeah, I think so too. We've got we've got the Cars for Casey show going on here today, which is a wonderful organization. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, we've got uh, Brass Era Cars. There are about a hundred of those are here in another event down in the Holiday Inn and kind of in our area as well too. I forgot about that when we were doing the math earlier. So between right. the cars in our building, the seven hundred fifty consignment cars, three hundred barn finds. We got 500 cars outside in the parking lot. There's 1,550. The other 150, the we got 17, 1,800 cars. We're, we're rivaling Hershey. At this point. <laughs> yes, we're we're a little mini Hershey, which we just got done with last right. week, and Carlisle the week before. And today is uh, uh, October the eighth. Uh, it's our week number 57 mm-hmm. of shows. Wow. We didn't do 57 shows, but we over a year. We've over a year. We've we've crossed the threshold. <laughs> So um, the theme song, thanks to the Pat Travers Band, uh, which is appropriate for our guest today, uh, Chris Tyrion, who is a Canadian. Oh, right. And okay. Pat Travers is a Canadian. Band. Right. So see, you know, nice, nice. I got all these little <laughs> angles of things that I know about that nice. means nothing to anybody but me. But uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Great new inventory in this week. Where did we sell cars to this week, why, you ask? I, why? How about Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania? Tabernacle, New Jersey. Stillwater, New York. Grand Haven. Michigan, Barnesville, Pennsylvania, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. I can't talk this morning. West Memphis, Arkansas, Bismarck, North Dakota, Hoosick Falls, New York, Downingtown, Pennsylvania, Boyertown, Pennsylvania, Sarver, Pennsylvania, Sioux City, Iowa, Dunedin, Otago, New Zealand, Vienna, Virginia, Jackson, Mississippi, and Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So, Mississippi. Uh, yeah. How many are we counting? Ten, uh, ten states and, uh, and a country. two countries. Yeah, and two countries. Wow. Yeah, very, not very bad. Good. So, man, some of the interesting stuff. And we, we got a uh, 04 Chevrolet SSR in ultraviolet metallic over ebony. We had the SSR club was here yesterday. Were so, they really? Yeah. There's an SSR club? There is an SSR club, Hot believe damn. it or not. What does SSR stand for? Oh, oh. Uh, SS, uh, oh, I just looked, we just featured this truck, and I should know this. You should know this. And the, R, I, the R is for something. Yeah. <laughs> so are the two S's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we ascertained that the R is for something. If I could wow. get my computer to totally stump me, and I just looked work that up. up. SSR stands for, see, I'm going to Google this so we can. Okay. For, let's People see. People are screaming at their yeah, radios right now. Soviet Socialist Republic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're looking for. So I don't know. Super You'll have sport. Super sport. Recreational. Uh, uh, we'll find it. We'll find it anyway. Um, anyway, this one's cool. It's got 24,000 actual miles. Now think about that. It's a 2004. That car is 18, 19 model years old and yeah. only 24,000 miles. It's just enough to keep it, you know. 
Yeah, the SSRs, and we and we we get quite a few in here, and, and they're usually low mileage because yeah. they're usually not a, a primary car. You know? Right, they're a two seater. Right, so um, they're you know not something that you take the kids to go get ice cream in. And they were polarizing. Yes, I say, is a polite way yeah. to say it. Yeah, yeah, it's probably either loved them or, or really hated right. them. Yeah, and of course, if you got the, the you know this one's got the five three liter, but you could get the six liter in right. them, and that was really the one they say that was the the really one to have. But um, listen, this one is so nice. You know, retractable roof, so it's a Convertible pickup truck. I got the R. Yeah, what is it? Roadster. Because because Ethan. Ethan yeah. and Ethan. Ethan, way to go. Then the the car guy that we you know the car guys car guys. Well, young guys know how to Google stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're we're so slow. We're like getting the abacus <laughs> out in the dictionary, you know. So I'm going to Merriam-Webster, and yeah, now I'm right, going to type right. it, and it's like no 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 no. Super Sport Roadster. Super Sport Roadster has no idea. It's not SSR for like the Russians. No. Back in the USSR right. was the Beatles song that uh, was so popular. Anyway, um, this is a really neat car. It's got uh, all the right boxes are checked, four-speed automatic, uh, you know, just in a really good condition. And we had probably – there was probably 25 of them here yesterday out in the parking lot. Wow. And they just pulled in, and we really – I mean, maybe we knew they were coming. Somebody didn't alert me, uh-huh. but I don't think, think they always <laughs> alert me heads to will, anything. Will roll. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to get on to the bottom of this and why I'm not informed of the SSR <laughs> club being here. Right. But uh, nonetheless, um, also a 1936 Pierce Arrow 1602 sedan. Um, it's gray over light gray, mm-hmm. uh, forehead light curve design, polished mahogany accent trim, V12 under the hood, uh, you know, vacuum assisted mechanical drum brakes and owned by a famous Philadelphian. It's got it's got provenance. It does have provenance or provenance or whatever. It's pristine instead of pristine, right. but it's uh, owned by Chubby Checker. How about that? Yeah, isn't that cool? And he's a he's a Philadelphia boy, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh That's amazing. Yeah, it's really a cool. I mean, these things the Pierce's from the 30s, they were all, you know, Gary Coopers and the mm-hmm. the Hollywood stars. I don't know if it was Gary Cooper, don't similar right. on that, but uh, that all the stars had either Pierce's or Duesenberg's and they're all custom bodied cars that were people don't understand that is that back in the day like Rolls Royce didn't necessarily they didn't build bodies they built the chassis and mm-hmm. the frame and the engine and all that and then a coach builder Fleetwood or Brougham or a myriad number of other coach builders would build the body for them and they were all kind of custom bodied you know some right. were I mean some of the Duesenbergs the Model J's were all fairly similar but they were all different bodied too I mean Murphy bodies and, and different things like that so Nowadays, you get what you get, you know. <laughs> you, don't, right. you don't get much picking off of the shelf anymore. So, also got a wonderful 68 AMC AMX, which might qualify as the shortest make and model name <laughs> of any car. Can you think of anything shorter? No, AMC fact, AMX. It's funny because I was doing a, I went live on TikTok in Hershey. And right. Some of the older cars have six or seven, you know, yeah. Buick Sport Coupe <laughs> Deluxe, yes. you know, and and yeah, that, so that is a very short name. Yeah, a beautiful I, car. By yeah, way. really, a turbo silver metallic over red, um, just really a dynamite car. It's uh, been had a respray. It's got the Magnum 500 wheels, completely rebuilt uh, drive cam, very clean. Um, you know, go pack it has, mm-hmm. which is the twin grip rear, the dual exhaust, and the disc brakes, and I think some extra stripes is what the mm-hmm. go pack uh, added to it. Um, uh, engine was completely rebuilt. Spent about 
eleven or twelve thousand dollars rebuilding the engine. So yeah, it's nothing, just you know, pocket change, right? Yeah. And uh but they're cool cars and they were so underappreciated. I didn't even I think I even knew what they were when I was growing up as a kid lusting after cars. Mm-hmm. I think if you'd have put one of these in front of me, I'd have said, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never seen one of those before. Yeah, yeah, AMC was kind of mainstream. It wasn't thought of as a performance uh sure, sure. You know, though they had a lot of uh, SSTs and no different than Buick in right, some respects. Right, exactly. I mean Buick was considered the old man's car, but mm-hmm. uh certainly uh, you know that's not entirely the case, right. um, and so you know sometimes you know you, you think you know things and then you don't. So, right. uh, but anyway, um, really a neat car this AMC AMX, and then a then a new car we got in a 2022 Corvette 3LT convertible. Uh, it's the color is listen to this Amplify orange tint coat <laughs> over saddle. Yep. Uh, it's the PPG Expel wrapped Amplify orange. I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but it's a spray car. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very, very shiny. If you don't like attention, don't <laughs> yeah, buy Please don't buy this one. Yes, it's not the one for you. 6.2 liter V8, yeah. uh, the Z51 performance suspension, uh, 9,131 miles. So it got driven a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, that's not a lot of miles, you know, in mileage world car. for mm-hmm. a one year old car. I mean, if you had a Chevy pickup, it would have that many miles and you'd say, well, that's not a big deal, but, with a Corvette, that's that's mm-hmm. being driven a little bit, and of course it could be, you know, it's not necessarily just one year old because a 2022 right. you could have gotten in that late 21, and here we are in late 22, so maybe you had a year and a half. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, a neat car and something that could be considered a daily driver, I guess, if you if you were so inclined. We also, a 70 or 79, 69 Camaro uh, SS396 Fathom Green over Midnight Green. Uh, excellent in green interior, you know, new carpeting, new interior parts. Amazing car. 396, uh, nicely restored to original. It's really, uh, yeah, you drove it? Well, I had to move it yesterday. Uh-huh. I mean, they couldn't get out first gear, but that thing, right. that thing is You could feel it. You could feel that car wanting to go. You know how many available engines there were for a Camaro in 1969? I'm going to guess five. Seven. Wow. A 230 cubic inch, 140 horse six. A 327 cubic inch, 210 horsepower. A 250 cubic inch, 155 horsepower. Another 350, 255 horse. Mm-hmm. Another 350, 300 horse. A 396, 325 horse. And the 302. Yeah, which is not really very – like in the Camaro brochures and stuff, you don't see the 302 mm-hmm. as an option for it. Uh, so I'm not quite sure – why or how? Maybe it was later into the year the 302s came out or something. There was a reason for that. But anyway, seven for the Chevelle as well too back in the day. Okay. Uh, so and then a stunning car, a 34 Packard 1104 Super 8 convertible, uh, Roadster Nordic blue over Jeep silver. Uh, it's two non-factory colors. It's actually and the 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 blue is a Mitsubishi color. Oh, is that right? And the Jeep silver, uh, but it's won the AAC Grand National, Junior, Senior, Zenith Award, President's Award, um, CCC. Grand National. I mean, it has won everything you could possibly imagine. It is really just an stunning. Yeah, I mean that car. You know, we just got back from Hershey and we had eighteen cars and or fifteen cars in our tent that we took down. And that car was at the very end of our tent on the far left hand side, and it sparkled from back there. I mean, people were really kind of falling over themselves to go see that car. And it's got a rumble seat and it's got all the accoutrements. You know, the dual side mounts and the all it's a, the. It's a work of art. It really is. It's it's one of those cars that even. Even if you're not into mm-hmm. classic type cars of that era, pre-war type stuff, you really got to appreciate that. It's just uh, absolutely an amazing mm-hmm. car. And um, so Hershey was fantastic. I mean, it rained on us 
what, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Thursday was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the crowds were amazing. I mean, the, the spectator crowds were really amazing. It seemed a little lighter than normal uh, on the vendors, and I imagine, and with the car crowd, I imagine it was due to the fact that the weather had been, it's been, our weather has been really crappy mm-hmm. for the last. We had a long we've had a long rain. rain of rain, and, and it and it pushed us right into uh, fall. Right. <laughs> As we go from summer to winter, from winter to summer. We never <laughs> fall and spring. We seem it's to skip around here. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, Hershey, what a wonderful event. We had our big 40 by 110 up there. Mm-hmm. And when it was raining, it was like a mosh pit in there. There must have been a thousand people in our tent. But we mean, had a heated, we had a heated tent. Yes. So we had, that's maybe why the people were in there. I think that was the difference maker because I heard some comment of a guy say, well, we were in this other tent and they didn't even have any heat. Right. So, <laughs> so. We had a climate controlled tent. Yes. At Hershey. Yes. So, you know, how, how hoity toity are we, right. uh, to have that? So, but, uh, but Hershey was fantastic as usual. Of course, the prior week was Carlisle, uh, and also we were at Audrain, the Conqueror up there in Newport, Rhode Island. Right. Which How was, was uh, it was amazing. Did it was. You meet anybody special? I uh, just uh, a guy. I met a guy who's yeah, up there. I met, met a guy, guy. and uh, Jay Leno stopped by our booth, How and I took a picture with him. And he said, and I quote, "Nice rig <laughs> to our new truck and trailer setup." If you haven't seen our new truck and trailer, it's black with uh, all the graphics all yeah. over, and it's a big old honking diesel dually. 10 speed, 900 foot pounds of torque. I don't know. I don't know like everything. a luxury car on the inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, even when you're pulling the trailer, you don't know it. Beautiful. Um, so anyway, we were set up there at the, uh, the Newport, uh, Audrain Concours, uh, uh, in Newport, Rhode Island, which is, by the way, if you've never been to Newport, Rhode Island, put that on your list because, oh my God, the Breakers Mansion where they held the, the Vanderbilt estate is where they held the Concours oh. on Sunday. And it was 40 mile an hour. And I don't mean gusts. I mean sustained 40 mile an hour. And that's cold. Yeah. And it's damp and it's wet and it's, uh, and it did rain and it, there. and it did rain, uh, you know, so, uh, but, uh, we had a great time. Bonham's had an auction up there, only about 48 cars, but they sold a barn fine BMW 507 series two roadster with a hard top mm-hmm. that was found in a, in a, in a garage in, in Philadelphia. What color was it? Uh, blue. blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, I wonder if that's the one they had at Greenwich. Probably they was. Had on display, I don't, you know kind what? Kind of like rough. It yeah, rough. yeah, it was, I think it needed everything. Yeah. $2.1 million. <laughs> Yeah, no. Everybody in the whole crowd was shocked. There was a gasp, a noticeable gasp in the room. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you touched $2.1 million. So when we return, we've got a special guest in the studio today, uh, Chris Tyrion, who, uh, is a Philadelphia Flyer and uh, the defenseman's defenseman, I hear. So we'll, we'll delve more into that and find out what he likes about old cars and, uh, anything, uh, uh, new cars related. We'll be back with a classic automobile post podcast in just a few minutes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page soft cover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else it features american and foreign cars pre and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars muscle cars and regular family sedans too to discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. 
Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at AmericasWebRadio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Oh, there's somebody in a, a tiara coming in. <laughs> we don't get women with tiaras come in. My goodness, Chris, did you draw her in here? I, I, I don't <laughs> is know. this your friend? Yes, it's not. Yeah, but you see the, uh, anybody walking into these uh, places with, uh, the, you know, the, the wrap uh, tells you they want a beauty pageant. They won some kind of beauty pageant. So Who that's all here today, right? I do exactly. Everybody in Southeast Pennsylvania is at the Classic Auto Mall today. Yeah. And our wonderful new friend, Chris Darian, uh, is here, former Philadelphia Flyer, a defenseman's defenseman, I read. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, well, but. <laughs> You know what I, I was. You know what I, I. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that there was any offensive flair to my game. There sure. was not. I, right. There was at one time, but when I got to the NHL, uh, it dissipated. So I realized that you know if I was going to be a good player uh, for a long time in the league, I had to. Um, I had to be good in my own zone. Sure, and, absolutely. And, and so that's what I devolved into. He was a very good, solid defensive defenseman. Sure. And, you know, I mean, it's it's important to know what you're good at and then to try to stick to it. And when you try to go outside your comfort zone, you probably know this is better than I do, is that it always bogs you down, and it bogs down what you do well. So you're just better off to do what you do best. You I, know? I, I could not agree more with you. Right. I mean, that's exactly right. And you know what? I, and I think you have to, you know, uh, you know, playing in the NHL is a lot like life in many ways. You know, you, ha- you ha- I had to evolve, you know. It's funny, right. when I came out of college, even playing the Olympics for Canada in 1994, I probably wasn't the best offensive defense, sure. but I realized that I had to alter my game and change it if I was going to be a different player in the NHL, because I wasn't going to be a point-of-game guy in the league. Right. Um, you know, I, I, but I, that didn't mean that I would be undervalued. I became one of the better defensive players in the sure, league, uh, sure. you know, over my first couple of years. So. And you were drafted in 90? But, but you didn't go directly to the Flyers no. in 90. You go, there's a path, right? Very, very rarely then did the 18 year old kid go, like a lot of guys would <laughs> right. go to the minors. They, they would go back to junior for a couple of years. You know, there's only maybe the top three or four picks that would ever play. Right away. Uh, right away. Mm-hmm. And then that's changed a lot, I think, in the last 30, 35 years. Now you get, you know, kids that got drafted pretty much first rounders. The way there's extra teams. I mean, there's 32 teams in the right. league now. Uh, people say it's a better product. I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> Anytime you add more and then add more play, add more teams and add more players, I think it, it kind of, uh, you know, uh, shrinks and dissipates a little bit of the talent level. But nonetheless, yeah, that my point is that more younger guys play now. Right. It's become a younger league. I was looking at some pictures of the current Flyers and they look like they're about 12. Some of them do, yeah. <laughs> That's what's funny. I, yeah. I was on the website. I can't remember who. So 1990 was, uh, uh the year that, uh, was Yager, uh, drafted in 90? 1990. I'll be darned. And he played, how many Teams he ended up playing for like twenty teams. It looked like I saw. there was some stat that had uh, like, like he was the most. Uh, yeah, last year was the last year a guy that had a tie to Yarmir Yager played in the playoffs. <laughs> it was like twenty twenty two playoffs. So thirty two years wow. of actual you know going along the lines of guys he played with. Sure, and of course you know Yager's is kind of a special one to me. Even people in Philly know, it, but I mean he. He was my nemesis. Sure. He was one of the guys that had probably the most success. I Actually, I think he said that I was the hardest player I ever played against. Really? What so a compliment. That's, that's quite a compliment for a guy like him. Yeah, and, uh, for, yeah but I could skate, and we, we used to match up sure. and go head-to-head. And I mean, he was a wonderful talent. I mean, sure. They, they don't make him like that, but... Uh, so I had a lot of, uh, and of course he was in Pittsburgh, which is, you know, public enemy number <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Players. I mean, go to a Pittsburgh, uh, uh, and a Phillies game in Philly with a Penguins hat on that. You, you'll find out. Where, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might not make it out alive, but, uh, yeah, he was fun to watch. Who was, who was, uh, 
you know, when you played, I mean, there were so many wonderful players during that era. Who did you really, really admire watching play during your time? Well, I, for me, the best player I, you know, I had was my longtime partner, Eric Desjardins. Right, you know, right. We were, we were a pair for 10, 11 years and 10 wow. years at least. And that's a long time with one guy. Sure. Uh, it's like having a wife <laughs> many times. I'm sure he felt the same about me, but, uh, you know, just an absolutely uh, an amazing player. Uh, you know, John LeClaire, you know, Eric Lindros in his right. younger years was a super talent. Uh, I had a lot of guys come through, even a guy like Dale Howardchuk, who sadly passed away a couple years right. ago uh, of cancer. But I mean, he was, when Dale Howardchuk came in, he was probably the first like real superstar. Him and Paul Coffey. Right. In yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I grew up trying to, like, I, w- I was acting as these guys on the driveway. <laughs> right, so right, right. Exactly. Stuff. And here they are as your teammates. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing with playing sports. Sure. Is you end up, you know, catching up with guys that you were like, were your boyhood heroes. And that's exactly. the weirdest thing. So yeah. pretty cool. Was, uh, when you started in the league, was, uh, Gretzky still playing? Yeah. Or, oh, really? That was, I mean, I'm not, I, I can't, I, you know, I remember going to LA the first time, my first game against Gretzky, and here there's 20 guys coming out in the ice on both sides, and I'm stretching at center ice, and I'm looking right. going, holy jeez. <laughs> like, I'm gonna play Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's almost surreal. Like, you know, there's other guys you could say, like, you know, there might be some guy coming in saying, oh, I'm gonna play Yarmir Yager. Right. And he's a great talent. Sure. But there's something that separates Wayne Gretzky from just about everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like right. Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. You know, say, oh, I'm, I'm really cool to play LeBron. Right. But when you play Michael Jordan, yeah. it's a different, kind different of thing in your head. So I, yeah. uh, you know, I always looked at it like that. But Gretzky was such a, you know, I got, I think I got three or four of his last years. Right. Um, I, I can't explain Wayne Gretzky. Sure. No one can. Do you realize when you're playing hockey, are you so involved in the game? You don't really realize that you're a TV star, do you? I mean, do you even notice that there's a camera? Is that even a factor in? You don't even think about that. No, either. it's just like there may as well be nobody there. I mean, right. we understand the fans are that we hear them. Sure. But when the play is going on, there's no time to even, uh, you know, corroborate or anything that process that in your head sure. that there's fans in the building and you are the every eye in the building's focused on you because that's where the puck is right exactly and, yeah. you know it just never comes to light you know it's funny you talk about that you know when you watch hockey or any football or anything you always watch the ball and i got to watch sunday football with dick butkus one time and he goes and he was showing me things to watch outside the ball like watch what happens over here and you were like oh man there's some cool stuff happening that i missed yeah you know and, and that was dick buckus telling you so uh, yeah how long yeah. ago that was right? yeah. well years ago most, most kids today, Dick Buckus, look him up. He was in the, probably don't know who he is, but he was a great player. Him and Alex Karras back in the day. I mean, oh. those guys were just beasts. I was, you know, I was watching, I watched some of those top, I mean, go back to just the way sports was played and oh. talk about a guy like Buckus, but even going back to like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Raiders and the Oh, 70s. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, malintent. Yeah. <laughs> they really want to win. Yeah, at any cost, right? At any cost. Well, I mean, the Flyers, the you know, the Broad Street, you know, bullies. I mean, what was it? Dave Schultz had the record for most penalty minutes in a year, like four hundred and something, like four fifty or something. <laughs> I've never seen a four next. Yeah, year. but he wasn't actually the overall. I think it's Rick Tockett has the most penalty minutes overall. So was he a nasty boy or is Rick, he? A, well, I played with Tock to the end yeah. of his career, but I mean, obviously knew his reputation. I sure. played against him for many years. Uh, when he was in Phoenix and even Boston, I think, yeah, a bit before yeah. that. But, uh, you know, one of the, just an absolutely great teammate, great guy, good friend to this day. Sure. And, uh, was he tough? Yeah, he was tough. And he's one of those guys too, you know, he wasn't, uh, six, five, six, six. Right. Like a Dave Brown. Right. Who was just an absolute killer. Right. Uh, talk was a, you know, shorter guy, but man, was he a fireball. Yeah, that's what everybody said. He would, they, you, you would almost kind of dismiss him until he didn't. And then, <laughs> and then you knew. And what's so amazing is, is that you guys are, I mean, when you got your skates on, we were just talking about this earlier, your skates and your six foot, whatever, 
and all of a sudden you're like giants out there. But you don't realize it watching hockey because everybody's kind of the same size yeah. until some guy's shorter or smaller. There are different sizes. It used to be a real big man's game. Sure. Hockey, yeah. And, and I mean, there was a time when scouts would tell you they wouldn't even look at a guy under six foot. That is totally changed. Oh, completely gone. Yeah, right. They look at talent now. Right. Uh, talent, and you know, I mean, I, to me, yes, talent support, but there's also that will to compete. I think you know, as we do joke about about Dick Buckus a little bit right. that era. You know, I, I as much as yeah, we don't want to see that kind of violence and those headshots sure. and stuff. I, I still think there's an onus, and there needs to continue to be an onus put on a compete level of these players. Fans are going to the games, and I, you know what? When I go to see a sporting event, I'm an Eagles season ticket holder. Um, I don't just want to see skill and talent. I want mm. to see a, a guy's level of competition, how right. much his desire is there. Mm. Because ultimately, even you know a guy like Tom Brady, yes, he's talented, and guys are talented to play pro sports. But teams that win at the end of the day are the ones that have talent, but also put in a whole ton of work. Oh yeah, and, that's and not easy. Guys. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to win, but you yeah. know, it's it's not done through the skill. At the end of the day, it's done through your determination. Yeah. Jordan wasn't riding around in limos and showing up five minutes before the game. You yeah. know, that doesn't happen. What about Tampa Bay's hockey team? Man, they have been on our tear. Excellent. They? Yeah, they lost the finals last year, but yeah. that's only because they played so much hockey. Exactly. Uh, if they were fresh again, I think that they would have really, really had a, a, a like a, I mean, they still took it to six. It's right. Still made it a game, yeah. Uh, against a Colorado team who was just oh, they loaded. Were, they were so fun to watch this year. Yeah. Colorado was a lot of, or last year. Uh, what do you, what do you, what's, what's it look like this year? Who's, uh, is it going to be Tampa Bay again in Colorado? You think? Or? Uh, you know what? I think Tampa is going to actually probably have a. I might be wrong, but I think they're going to have a back off here. Right. Kind of a, I think you get tired. They made a couple moves in the season that kind of tweaked their roster for the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really, really hard to go uh, win the bubble Stanley Cup there in right. Toronto or Edmonton, wherever it was. Right. And then to, to have a shortened season again and then go back and win it again, less than uh, uh, nine months later, win wow. a second cup, yeah. and then go through the rigors of a whole year, get through p- three playoff series again, and then you know you lose in the final. Mm. So that's really hard. I think Colorado has a really good chance to do it again. Yeah, they, They're I, just a well-rounded team. They, they really are. They the they're... best defenseman in the game now. Oh, man. Uh, Nathan yeah. McKinnon yeah. Uh, so up front. So they, I mean, they have a lot of good things going. Uh, the Flyers will not be a contender this year. <laughs> I didn't say that. Folks, uh, I'll <laughs> no, say it for no you. you can say it for me. <laughs> well, it's a shame too because oh, I forgot to hit the cough button. Uh, we, <laughs> we um, you know, it's a shame that uh, when you just know ahead of time that you're just going to have a bad year, and that's got to be tough as a player to know that you're just probably not going to be. What? How do you? How do you mindset that? How does that? You go process. in with a yeah, and, I, and you know what? What happens is when the losses pile up. I, you know, I, I, luckily for me, I had good teams and good players that played uh, that I was lucky to play with. We made, I made the playoffs every year in my playing career. Wow! Which I was, you know, I look back at that now. I don't realize how special that was to have had a chance to play every spring. Yeah. Uh, to try to win a cup, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's you know, when you look back at uh, with, with a team that's not good, you know, you have expectations of yourself as a, as an individual and for the team, and when it's not meeting those expectations, what you think they are, and you pretty much know it becomes a long, long season. Do you become less of a team player when it's like that, or do you are you focused for you, thinking maybe I better show off my skills so they don't think it's me that's the problem? And then that doesn't help the team. Well, that 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 becomes the coach, right? Right. The coach True. you got to try to get to 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 you know to to rally the team behind a thought process that's going to make you win. But you know it's hard. You know, right. pro sports is hard. And you know, like I said, with my thought well, there's not a lot of old school anymore. Right. You know, yeah. figuring stuff out. Sure. A lot of these, you know, a lot of guys have to be kind of hand hand walked to, to things, and instead of figuring them out. Sure, absolutely. Who's the best coach in the NHL, in your opinion? Well, there's a lot of good coaches yeah. now. There is Barry Trotz is a great coach. John Cooper in Tampa is a really really yeah. good coach. 
I like uh, Cooper. He seems to be a, 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 a player's coach, if that means anything yeah, anymore. I don't I know. Do. And I like John Tortorella. Oh, yeah. I, he's I, cool. I do like yeah. he's, he's, he's hardcore. You know, he doesn't, uh, he believes in hard work and earning things. Sure, sure. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I, I just think that he, he's a little bit too much for what this group is. He's yeah. a better coach than what the team is. In that, and that's, you see that happen in college sports. You see that happen in pro sports. It's where it's the coach is, is too good for the, the, the team. And I think we would have seen that with Saban from Alabama, who was at LSU, if he hadn't gone to Alabama. Now, of course, his run is, you know, off the track. I'm a college football guy. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. Yeah, and I'm yeah. University of Tennessee, so we get beat by Alabama every year, whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so you're a t- Tennessee guy back. So yeah, I, yeah. So I don't he, have to remind you Peyton Manning couldn't beat Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't remind me of that. We love Peyton, by God. You know that we had, I played hockey in the 19, early 1970s with the Knoxville Knights. We were a traveling team. We went to Columbus, Ohio. We went to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our coach's name was Jill Champagne, and he was the coolest guy ever. And he was a taskmaster. I mean, we skated our butts off. And my problem with hockey was that I was really good at skating. And I was terrible at handling the puck and skating at the same time. I think I was too afraid to get hit because I don't know. But I could skate really well. So on Friday night on the couple skate, you know, on the speed skate and all that at the ice chalet, I was the guy. But hockey, good stuff. hockey wasn't, wasn't the same. So you started playing hockey. What age were you when you started? You know, I grew up, uh, ironically, I grew up in a city, uh, in Ottawa, which yeah. is the capital of Canada. But one thing unique with Ottawa in the wintertime – is it's, there's, has no shortage of skating, for, uh, <laughs> of, of, uh, skating rinks, sure. uh, lakes, rivers, and, and, and what is the best part of it is that we have the Rideau Canal, if you ever heard of it. It's right. a city that runs, a, a river runs right through the city. It was built in the 1800s as a waterway to the, from, the, to, to join the, um, the Ottawa River and the Gatineau River. Right. And it was, right. they built it with locks. And then what they do now in the winter is, I mean, you can find pictures anyway, go to the Rideau Canal. Right. Uh, it's a six, uh, about a five mile long skating rink. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that goes, I mean, that literally, so cool. that's, you know, probably 75 meters wide. Yeah, yeah. And it runs right through the whole city. People skate to work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, and it's no joke. So it's that's pretty cool. hilarious. I love that. So when we return, we'll re- return and talk a little bit more about hockey. We might talk about some cars too. Since yeah, we're, you to. know, doing a car thing here. So uh, sorry, we uh, digress from the uh, the car world, but it's fun to talk hockey too. So when we return with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Chris Tyrion, uh, former Philadelphia Flyer and all around good guy. I think. Take care. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider. For classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles, our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr, that's 888-268-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where today is a beautiful day with 500, 600 cars outside. Cars for Casey is the event that we're doing here. It's a charity organization, a 501c organization, uh, that's, uh, benefits, uh, uh, opioid and, and, um, 
uh, users and addictions and all just a wonderful, wonderful organization. And, uh, we've got Chris Tyrion here from, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers days and we've been talking about hockey. We haven't talked about cars though. So are you a car guy? Do you like cars? Is, you know, is it your thing? Well, I mean, I, you, when you come out to a place like this and you see <laughs> the kind of cars that are here, it's hard to not, you know, just, become mesmerized by some sure, of the things sure. you're looking at. And what I'm going to do, actually, after, there is an award I found out that I'm going to pick my own favorite nice, car out here today. Nice. I don't know, and I want to say this to anybody listening, I I can't do that with complete honesty. Like sure. I, There's no way to pick one car. It's impossible. And you're asking me to go out and pick one car, so somebody's going to win and others are going to lose. And I'm going to tell you right now that whoever wins... Um, you probably have as much chance as losing because right. someone else's car was as great as yours anyway. So that, that's what I'm dealing with. And, it, and really, just to bring light, like, what's behind this car show today is what's really important. Absolutely. I think. And, and, the, and the cars, as gorgeous and beautiful as they are, uh, just pales in terms of what, why we're here, the reasonings that we're here. And, um, uh, but I will tell you one thing, guys. Uh, some of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen oh, in my life are here. Right it, now. It's and you know, the problem that you run into at any car event, they have these Concorde de Elegances, which are these high-end car shows, and you've got 20 cars in a class, and they're all spectacular. They're all perfect. It's like, how do you, it's like if you had 20 Michael Jordans, how would you pick the best one, you know, it, or uh, 20 of anything? And, uh, so you just got to go with your gut, what feels right to you. And, uh, you know, and if they don't like the, the, uh, the choice, then so be it, you know? Absolutely, and, and and you know what? But I, but I will say this: everybody's got a beautiful car here. It's meaningful yeah. to somebody. And absolutely, so I, and, I, and I'm grateful that people took the time to get their vehicles here, absolutely, show them off to this uh, wonderful crowd, uh, and make this a great day for for Casey's car event, uh, which we will. You know, and absolutely will. And the trophy selection out here is unbelievable. There's like if, there's one that's like eight feet tall, I believe, that's right out there. So uh, good luck to the guys who are going to win that. You know, it, it's it's so nice to do these things for charity. You realize how many nice people are in the car world and, and our business is a hobby that's kind of grown beyond a hobby but it's still an amazing amazing gathering of people and cars and for a good cause you know andy rumsford that puts on this is fantastic and you know they've got a, a story that they'll tell you that'll make you cry every time you hear it you know about their daughter and 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 so we just are so honored to be a part of something like this it's nice to be able to give back it is, and, and and you're right. And Andy's story is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, the pain he had to go through, and and you know, I was talking to him before the show. You know, he lost his daughter to addiction right in his arms, right in his arms. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's the horror stories you hear about and think about, and and so he said, you know, like, what do we do when we lose a child? Do we either, you know, we either bury them, and forget their existence, or or we push forward and we we honor their memory. And, and he's done this and, uh, you know, th- this is why, uh, you know, and, and there's walking through why, why it's, it's so special to me. I'm someone who's in recovery as well sure. for, for many, many years. And, uh, I totally support what Andy's done with it. He's got an incredible group of people behind this, an amazing mission. He's got a lot of the sobriety community helping with this event. Um, you know, and, and I said, uh, like I told him before, I'm spe- I'll be speaking at it at about 1.45 today, right. and I said, I'm going to knock the cover off the ball for you and for Casey. <laughs> nice. And that's my goal. So, you know, I mean, that, that's why I am here to keep the, to keep this, the discussion going about awareness, uh, both in addiction, mental health. Uh, you know, this is, this is what we're witnessing right now, uh, in America is a poisoning of America. Oh my gosh. With fentanyl. It's, it's, it's beyond addiction or, or, or overdosing anymore. I believe it's actually now a poisoning yeah. of, of what these kids, I mean, kids can't even try anything a first time anymore. You exactly. Know? And so that's, that's where we're at. And, uh, and that's why there has to be a continued discussion, um, about this. And, and that's why if it has to be me, I'm 
going to keep putting myself at the forefront of it and making sure that people are hearing what I have to say. Well, we applaud you for that. We appreciate you being here and, and doing all that you do. And, and you know, just it feels good to give back, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And, and, and no better teacher than somebody who's experienced it, right? It's yeah. like anything that you do. You know, it's you, you can teach out of a book, but really you need to teach from your heart. It is. And, you know, that's why, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm good at a couple things in my life, unfortunately. <laughs> and one of them was was drinking, you know. Right, I, sure. But also getting sober and, and, and figuring it out for my kids, uh, you know, who, who are the things that meant the most to me, you Absolutely. know, so, you know, I use that and I've changed a lot of things have changed in my life personally in the last couple of years. You know, I'm no longer doing hockey officially for the Flyers. I still do a podcast called Snow the Goalie, but right. you know, this is what I do now. I, I, uh, I represent Karen treatment facility in Warnersville. I helped the friend start another facility for aftercare last year, which uh, was what I got involved with when I first got out of hockey was, was getting back into, especially in the aftercare market. Right. Uh, people need to be able to live on the streets again. And that's the hardest part sometimes. You know, when you're in a recovery center for 30, 60, 90 days, you're safe. You know, you're in there. Everybody's pulling the rope together. Looking out for you. Yeah. yeah. But when you get out of there and you walk out, that's where it, it becomes difficult. So that's a big part of my messaging is to, to be able to understand who you are uh, and what you need to do every single day so that you stay sober. Absolutely. Because right that's the right thing for you. I mean, and I know that, you know, uh, my addiction was cigarettes and that was the hardest one yeah. ever to quit. I never thought I was going to be able to do that, but you know, we worked through it and, and my wife who never smoked helped me through it and we got through it and figured out a way to do it. And, you know, certainly nothing compared to that though. I mean, but it, but, it, but it makes you appreciate an addiction that you just think I had one point in my time. I said to myself, I don't think I'm ever going to be a non-smoker. I don't think I can ever quit this. And then all of a sudden it happened and you made it through it and you got through a day and then another day and then another day and then now i can walk into a bar and there are people smoking now it doesn't even phase me no i know so it's been like five or six years so but uh but yeah so um you know a great cause and uh once a year i think this is the ninth annual cars for casey that they're doing out here and it's the turnout it couldn't be any better and it it just shows you how you know that there are good people out in the world i think we have a tendency to get a little jaded these days that there's nobody good in the world (laughs) we're living in a pretty hypersensitive time and uh you know yeah i mean you can get people's opinion on many different things in the world but you know what we can all agree on we can all agree that everybody's here today uh with a genuine heart with good intentions and uh and and doing the right thing and yeah. uh and, and and it's based around uh a car event which is as but as human as it gets. Absolutely. So, and you're right perfect. about that. I mean it's it's so true that people you know listen it's a you put something out on the internet and it's just something for fun and all of a sudden it becomes an argument about <laughs> politics or religion or whatever yeah. it is and it's like, wait a minute, stop. I, we were just talking about this and I think that, you know, part of the problem is is that we as a society are different. We don't, if you think about it, when you go to church now, you see people in cut-off shorts and, and a tank top and, you know, it used to be when I was a kid, you went to church, you wore a coat and tie. I, that was it. You know, and on an airplane, you I mean, it was it's a different world that different we live world. in. Different yep. world. And you got to adapt. Listen, Everybody probably says, I wish I was born 20 years sooner, you know, and you know, (laughs) we all say that, but I think at the end of the day, as long as we, this pay it forward thing that happened that started, you know, four or five years ago and people were paying it forward in a McDonald's or something, that's the kind of stuff that we built this country on. Forget everything else, you know, and, and, and you honor whoever is our president and whoever is our leaders and you respect them and, you know, you may not agree with them, but by God, you should respect that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they were the elected official whoever it may be yeah so anyway so if i could if i could give you one a car that was in here which one would it be have you seen anything yet what i walked so i walked in <laughs> saw a lot of the uh, the interior stuff and right. you're, you're gonna probably laugh at me because it's probably the one that everyone says but 
Yeah, I like the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing is so crazy. People think, I mean, because if you think about it, you see it in a movie and it looks so cool. But that is the one, person? isn't it? Well, it's, it's one, of re- one. one of one of one yeah. of the twenty or whatever they yeah. made. Yeah. The problem with 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 uh, show um, show business type cars is that we never really know for sure if it's the right one or not. There's some paperwork and it says this and it says, but you don't really know for sure. You just got to appreciate it for what it is. Is that it's cool. I, I remember I had a a. a, a, a friend a few years ago but he he used to rave about the car eleanor yeah oh yeah the, the mustang yeah yeah, the, yeah, so yeah gone in 60 seconds the the movie of yeah. that and then there was the other the, the the other famous car of course in the movies was the bullet oh the my bullet god that, and that car actually sold at mecham uh about two or three years ago it was in an but, episode of blue bloods yeah no kidding yeah, yeah that's I right it, it yeah, was, yeah. And, and they, they had it stored and actually i think it was on like a like a multi-level building right like they got it up somehow so <laughs> that anyway. car brought like almost four million dollars is that right yeah. Huh? yeah i mean the car the car world four million dollars is not expensive anymore and I mean, that sounds scary when you say that, but we go to these auctions where five and six and ten million dollar cars are, are like almost no big deal anymore. So there's some cars here like that? Our most expensive car is, where's the Cobra? We have a, a 1964 AC uh, Shelby Cobra, yeah. 289 car, and it's about $980,000. Okay. That's our most expensive. And then we have an 85 El Camino out here that's like 7,500. So we, <laughs> we run the gamut. We, we're not, uh, all price points that we have. Your pride and joy is our pride and joy. That's that's the way that's we, right. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's great. That's, that's our philosophy. And uh, oh yeah, and well, we wanted to mention I'd forgotten about this. You've written a book. I did. Is it out? Is it done? Yeah, Is it's it... done. I actually had copies uh, sent to my house the other day. There's like twenty they sent nice. for like to get to get out some people. And of course I forgot them. I would have loved to have done it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's it's. Uh, I, I had a co-author Wayne Fish, who's now the Flyers' longest uh, tenured uh, writer, really for the Bucks County uh, Times. Nice. And uh, so he we wrote it. I've been asked a few years ago to do a couple books only because I was in Philadelphia for so long. So I think Triumph Books likes to do regional sports stories. So they asked me again a couple of years ago, they said, listen, would you like to do this? I think it was between me and maybe Ron Hextall and somebody else. Right. And uh, I finally said, you know what? Uh, yeah, I have time on my hands right sure. now, and I think it's a good time to kind of take a like a circle back and my ho- some hockey. So it actually, what it was is, I think it started out as a. It's called Road to Redemption. Right. It comes out October 25th, and basically a lot of my my life story, how I got up to the top, but also how my my life became entangled in alcohol. Sure. Uh, even sure. in my career, my last year was a mess. Um, personal tragedies on the outside and and somehow I was able to uh, to get the wheels back on the sure. on the car and uh, and get the thing rolling again. It took yeah. some time. Yeah. Um but I did. And you know I again I, people ask me, you know what what was your greatest accomplishment? I don't say it was the NHL. I was getting sober for and staying yeah. sober one day at a time now as I approach 12 years. Wow. I feel pretty comfortable I'm going to get there in yeah. February and just one day at a time. That's all Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. And you've got how many kids? You got I got four kids. Four kids. Yeah. Wow. I'm five, so I yeah, I know so your you pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's they, fantastic. yeah, and I, like I said part of that's part very much part of my story. You know, my kids were my girls have been all you know, amazing basketball players. Yeah, I, I read to play about that. Division 1 at Loyola. Nice. Two of them nice. still there. I have a son who's a 15 year old boy. Right. Uh, big kid. You know, he's a football player, doesn't play hockey, but you know, the kids are great. You know, that's, that's the reason why, I, when I, we always say you're looking for your higher power. Sure. That's so it. Do it for your kids, man. Like, I tell you what, it. and then when you have grandkids, it'll even be, it's amazing. I wish some, I'd have known how cool it is to have grandkids. I would have wanted them a long time ago. Yeah. But now there is one thing that Tennessee did produce that's pretty important, Pat Head Summit. I'm sure your girls know who Pat, she is. Pat, of course, Pat Summit. Yeah, yeah she, Pat was, Summit, yep. she was an amazing leader. I mean, just what, I mean, that's, that's hard to replicate in any sport. Yeah. To, and, and, and such a, you know, a sad end to that too. You know, absolutely. I didn't know she was sick oh. and then she came out with a late story. That had to be about 10 years ago. Yeah, it was about 10 or 11. 
11 years ago. Yeah. And then her son became a coach and he had some troubles and, you know, it was like, boy, it's just when things go wrong, I don't care who you are. That's, I guess that's the, the, the life story on that is that it doesn't matter who you are. Your life can turn to crap in a moment. Yeah. And, and, and no matter how, you know, and until somebody walks in your shoes, nobody knows what it was really like. Yeah. You know, they don't really understand it. So is that Tennessee? Who's Tennessee got today on their docket? We've got LSU at noon. So, oh, be- so let's get out of here. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I think next week is Alabama. So, uh, we're going to, we're, so you got to cut yourself a couple easy games. By golly, we're four and oh, though, this year. So, all right, let me ask you my one yes, last sir. question. What's in your, uh, I'll say cassette deck, but what are you listening to right now? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still, uh, well, actually, I, I think people here will like, I was listening this morning. I have like a little eighties track going on, but I had, uh, I had Jerry Reed in there with the uh, eastbound and down. <laughs> And I'm going to be honest, it. I was blaring that cover the turnpike today. I don't think it could have been any more appropriate for this event than that. And Jerry Reed, he's pounded down. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. You know, we were talking about car movies the other day and smoking the Bandit and Bullet and all Smokey that. Smokey goes yeah. right. I mean, it's, yeah. you know. It's so iconic. It's, I mean, the, you know, when I grew up, I'm 60 years old. So when I grew up, Smokey and the Bandit came out in 1977, and I was <laughs> you know, 16 years old. So talk about a perfect timing for a movie. You know? I know. I, I was driving up the New Jersey turnpike with my son like maybe a month ago, and I said, you know what? Somebody needs to get me in the rocking chair right here. He had no idea what he was talking yeah. about. Get in between the two trucks and absolutely. Well, I, we were just laughing. You know, our, our show music, uh, our intro music is from Pat Travers Band, a Canadian band. Yep. And uh, and I have a lot of favorite Canadian bands. Triumph, I loved Rick yeah. Emmett and those guys. Rush, Rush, huge Rush fan. Of course, yep. women growing up hated Rush. If you put Rush on in your car in the 70s, every girl would be like, oh, look at the time. we got to go. Yeah, <laughs> they hated Rush. Legendary band, though, yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic. And uh, so... Still are. I still, you know, Neil Peart is gone, but yeah. uh, they, they were a great band. A lot of great music came from Canada for whatever reason. I don't there know. There some amazing uh, individual talents. Yeah. Uh, maybe sh- maybe they were just shacked up in the cold so long that they had nothing to do but Brian play Adams, guitar. Brian Adams, yeah. 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 Think yeah. about the names of everybody uh, that came from there. The guy that sang the other, uh, uh, the guy that was up from uh, Manitoba. I know he's friends with Bob Clark. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, 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 Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, he was great. Talk about emotional song. Yeah, I don't yeah. Get you every time, yeah. you know. But uh, but anyway, Chris, such a such pleasure. an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks Thank for you. coming out My and doing pleasure. what you My do. Honor. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you down the road sometime. Thank you guys. Have a great show. Yep. Thanks for having me on. We'll be back with the Classic Automall Podcast for the final segment in just a few minutes. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Don't forget we have a casino over here. I keep wanting to mention that, so, you know, they'll make my card work better over there. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Like, I was driving down the turnpike towards Hershey, and mm-hmm. if you get past Morgantown, you see it on the 
it's, on the, right, on it's the, right there. It's yeah, right there. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, meant to tell you the next. And you can't turn around. Right. Well, you got to go 15 miles <laughs> and 15 miles. Right. Have you ever gotten on the turnpike and gone the wrong direction? Um, and hey, Oh, yeah. He forgot his glasses. Um, have you ever gone on the turnpike and gone the wrong direction? Oh, sure. So I was going to uh, Harrisburg, and I got on and just out of habit went towards Philly. Right, right. So it's 12 miles and 12 miles. So it's 25 minutes. And when I went to Carlisle, um, a couple uh, – maybe it was in the spring, I think. The traffic was backed up going into Carlisle, and I said, well, I'll just catch the next exit. Mm-hmm. My GPS will get mm-hmm. me there. The next exit was like 22 miles. I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. So anyway, nonetheless, uh, Chris Tyrion, what a great guy and what a great story. And, mm-hmm. you know, played with played with Gretzky. How cool is that? Yeah. That's no. the Michael Jordan. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I, I saw them both play sure, at, sure. The, at the forum or wherever they played in L.A. I forget. So the BMW 507 that we were talking about in the first segment um, that you got to touch. I um, did. You know, it was – so this family was into BMW 507s mm-hmm. in Philly, and and so they were known for it. And I guess the guy – the father of the guy had had bought the cars 45 years ago. But they – it was in barn fine condition, but they would start it and run it kind of on a regular okay. basis. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. dormant. You know, it wasn't just – because, I mean, nothing worse for a car to sit mm-hmm. and never run. Right. That is the kiss of death for cars. So – uh, but it was it was interesting to see that at the bottom sale, and and interesting to see it bring two point one million, Amazing. which is arguably what a one completely done would bring. Yeah. So, which you know, it does. I, if you're buying it from a historical reference point, and you're not going to restore it, then I guess it makes sense. But if you buy it for two point one million, and then you go and restore it, I don't know what the point is. You could buy one already done. Is it because you know? What the condition of the car was before it was restored. That right. may be part of it. Mm-hmm. That if any other car that you buy, you don't know what it looked like before. Right. It could have been, it could have been wreck. one could piece. Have been a wreck, yeah. Could have been a, a total loss. Yeah. Maybe this guy's got a serial number and that's it. Maybe everything else was custom made. So, but anyway, we had a nice time in Newport and we'll look to go back there next year. By the way, the 507 is on my Elvis list because Elvis, Elvis had, had one, a 507 had one in Germany. So it's a, well, the Elvis movie had some interesting cars out in the did, in the yeah. uh, circle driveway in front of Graceland when there was pictures and and or, or yep. events going on mm-hmm. there. So, but anyway, it was it was it was nice. Bested show up there at uh, Audrain uh, last year it was a 1930 Bentley Speed Six Sport Saloon. Mm. A lot of a lot of words and a lot of words. And a saloon <laughs> is a sedan. It's oh. a, just a big enclosure. It was actually a saloon was a large gathering for pe- place to people to drink, mm-hmm. and a saloon is a large interior of a car, okay. which is an American sedan. Mm-hmm. And you know, a sedan can be a two door also. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You knew that, <laughs> or did pl- you know that? Just playing dumb. <laughs> just playing my foil. <laughs> I thought saloon was. Didn't they use that for the the early like the twenties, thirties cars that were open in the front, like the chauffeur was no, out in the weather? That was the, the limousine or limousin oh, uh, oh. back in the day. It was a French origin. Oh. And and uh, it, it, the locals were, there sometimes wore a cloak called a limousin, oh. and it had a like a, a hood that extended over the head. So that's what the dry, what a limousine is. It's got a little extension. It's not enclosed. Oh. It's just got a little extension over the head. Okay. So interesting. Uh, yeah. So and it's funny. I just bought a night. Goodness gracious, it's loud out there. I just bought a 1946 uh, Packard uh, 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 limousine, right? And it has leather in the front and cloth in the back, and it would be the exact opposite today, right? Because leather was considered, uh, yeah, and cloth was the fancy mm-hmm. material. Well, I sat in the you have what's this a 41 Buick or something? Mm-hmm. You had yeah, that, that back seat of this thing, huge. I, 
It was is literally. I just had to sit in it, and it's literally the most comfortable backseat I've ever sat. <laughs> yeah. It leans back, and, and it's, it's like got, a Barco it, lounger. Oh, it's got a <laughs> wet bar in the back. Everything you need. Well, it was like a Barco lounger or something similar yeah. to that. We all use that cloth, reference. Like and it was cloth, yep. absolutely. So we'll go back to Newport. The Breakers was amazing. Uh, the Vanderbilt home. We saw some amazing. We met uh, Helen and Jay, uh, Jack Nethercut, who have an, a collection out in California that mm-hmm. is the Merle Norman Cosmetic fortune and the collection is unbelievable they had a bugatti that was just i don't know how it didn't win best in show it was amazing and she was hilarious helen nethercut is is salty as they come and so fun to talk to and and she was great and i said oh come to our place out in california you know which is on one of my bucket list things to see they their collection yes yeah, so okay. now whether she remember you know i'll call her up and say, who you yeah, are right. from where and what? you're bringing a film crew you're, what no <laughs> Stephen ethan are coming <laughs> yeah so that's amazing uh but anyway it was a great show and an Audrain Concour does a really really cool thing. They do a 30 under 30 class. Huh. Oh right, right. So it's 30 years old. Mhm. Under thirty thousand dollar car because we're trying to get a, the, like the the younger kids involved mm-hmm. in the hobby and so what a wonderful thing thirty under thirty so it's got the car have to the cost of the car and any restoration has to be less than thirty thousand okay. they have to be thirty years older or, or under and so there were some kids really involved in it and uh, and I think that's a wonderful thing because we've got to figure out a way to get people interested in the hobby uh, from a younger generation because otherwise. All, what are, what's going to happen to all these wonderful cars? Classic Auto Mall. Yeah, yeah, bring it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't mean to segue into that. Talk about a long name on a car. They had a car at the Concord that I absolutely fell uh-huh. in love with. 1973. Now you never say 1973 in a Concord. That like true. That's like say it's just outside the realm. Never 1973 cars are in a Concord. Nope. 1973 Buick Century Grand Sport Stage One Colonnade Coupe. Holy mackerel. 455 four-speed car. It was a mustardy brownish car with a Landau top, but the Landau top was just above the, the, the okay. roof line. Yep, I know what you're talking about. This car was like one of none. You're right. I mean, it was. It, if it was, had a Marty report. Yeah, it would be absolutely one of point oh 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 one. It was unbelievable, and I thought. Wow, you know what would really shake up the hobby is if something like that won best in show. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it never will. Right, right. Mostly, mostly at these Concord elegances, they're all pre-war cars. And mm-hmm. pre-war cars, we mean prior to built before World War II. Uh, so anything in the 30s and very early 40s, mm-hmm. but mostly cars that are built in the 30s are what. And very rarely do you see a post-war car win a Concord elegance. I mean, we've seen a few Ferraris at Pebble Beach in the 57, I think Testarossa and something similar to that, but. We, uh, um, you know, you, it, it's, you just don't see them as much. And that's, I think, is going to have to change because as much as I love Duesenbergs and Packards and Pierce Arrows and all that, mm-hmm. uh, and then even the, you know, some of the French, I mean, our friend Dick Shappy had a 1917 Locomobile uh, Sportif uh, Victoria, which was stunning. And, you know, it's hard to, I mean, they're art. They yeah. are absolutely works of art, but I, but I don't know that if we continue to celebrate those cars, if we're not going to alienate maybe some of the other crowds. And again, don't get me wrong; don't write me a letter because I love those cars. Mm-hmm. I think a Model J Duesenberg is the coolest thing that ever existed. I mean, the, even the Packards from the '30s and and even the from the early '40s. I mean, they were so well built, and they were so, the tolerances that they were able to achieve without the computers, without the technology that we have today, without plastic, without plastic, yeah. 
yeah. Without 3D printing or whatever, ever, right. you know, else you got. I mean, it's just really a, an amazing thing. So, and it was also great to see that the GM Heritage Center, which has this wonderful collection of cars that's squirreled away and mm-hmm. not to be seen by anybody, are starting to bring out cars to these events. They brought the Cadillac Cyclone concept car, but they also had the new Escalade V next to it. And they fired that thing up. And it's an Escalade. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's a big old SUV. Right. That thing sounded like a race car. Yeah, I think like a 600 plus horse. 600 plus horse. It's like 150 grand. Yeah, right. For an SUV. So, but, uh, it was a wonderful event. Uh, we've got, we're coming up to the Chattanooga event, uh, the Motor Week in Concord de Elegance at uh, Chattanooga. Meekum's got an auction down there next mm-hmm. week, uh, which will already be in the middle of when you hear this air, because this will air next right. week. And, uh, we're looking forward to that. And Chattanooga's a wonderful event in a wonderful town. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, love to participate in these type of events. And, if you've got a great car for sale, you know, come see us when we're down there. Mm-hmm. We won't have a booth set up down there, but we'll be wandering around. I'll have my swag on. You'll see the classic automall logo on my shirt or hat. And there you go. Just stop me and tell me about the great car you have, and we'll, you know, see what we can do and help you get it sold if that's what you're looking to do. Or if you just want to talk cars, I'm, right. I'm okay with that. We'll hold court somewhere, probably at the bar at the Westin Hotel, where we seem <laughs> to hold Stewart. Yeah, liquor <laughs> store. And if it's later in the evening, then don't look for me. Right. And if it's earlier in the evening, cause I'll be in bed. I'm, I'm, I'm 930-ish anymore, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. I hear you. But, uh, but anyway, uh, we'll be down there. And of course, uh, we've got, uh, the Philly Auto Show coming up for us again, probably. I think it's going to be late January or February this year. Okay. I'm not sure. So we'll be back there. We're going to get a little bit of a break from shows. We've been, we've been road dogging it pretty hard lately. Yeah. Out there, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got our, our two truck and trailer uh, setups that are out uh, hitting all the shows and all the events, and uh, you know we're 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 going to do Detroit uh, with the Roadster show up there, and we're going to do uh, probably the Muscle Car show in Chicago this year, and we're going to do the Turkey Rod Run in Daytona, mm-hmm. uh, which has been a nice. big show for years, and the the Charlotte region, Hornets Nest region of the AACA has a big show in Charlotte at the Motor Speedway there. So we're trying. So if you see us out there, come visit yeah. us and. Say hello. Otherwise, go to our website, classicautomall.com. Uh, you can reach us by email at podcast at classicautomall.com. Uh, oh, and yeah, and don't forget, I was, I keep, I've got this on my list to talk about. Lou Mascaro's collection up in Birdsboro. It, it, it opens publicly tomorrow. Oh, does it really? Yeah, yeah. tomorrow's the first opening day. Well, he, you'll hear this on the 8th, or we're recording on the 8th. Yeah, so. It opened on the 9th, and then it's open every Sunday. I think ten to two with reservations. Like it's that. a collection of cars like you would I, not I told believe. People, you went and yeah, saw it. yeah. I mean, it's Ferrari F fifties and yeah. and uh, McLarens and and it's and the Jaguar just, yeah, thing. Yeah, and the, it's the, just the Maserati. Thing. Yeah, the Maserati MC twelve. You know, the and thing, the, the thing. <laughs> and it, this thing is incredible. He has amassed a collection of cars. The, mm-hmm. You know, rare of rare. You know, the nine eleven GT threes and the nine eleven Carrera Rs and the, this and that and you know, like you said the thing because it, they, these cars that come out from Lamborghini and Ferrari and Porsche and all, they happen so fast and there's so many of them, you can't keep up with right. them. And they're like, what's that GT4 mm-hmm. RS CD MGB? You know, right. It's like, what? <laughs> and it's in Birdsboro. Birdsboro. Which is in Berks County, Pennsylvania. Yeah, not far from us. Actually. Not far from us. In the north of us, what, uh, 30 We're minutes? not open on Sundays. They're only open on Sundays. See, so you go there. You come here on Saturday. Saturday stay overnight. Noon, stay overnight at the Holiday Inn. Uh, go to the casino Saturday night, night. There you go. Get a little gambling in. Go to the Heritage for breakfast on Sunday morning. And what's that shady? Shady Maple. Shady you maple. get lunch with the Shady Maple <laughs> where you can eat to your bust. You could really have a weekend. <laughs> my, somehow, my wife found an antique store here. <laughs> well, so, imagine that. I'm, so there's something for everybody. There's something. 
something for everybody in this part of the world, but lots of people go to the Shady Maple. That's yep. a big thing. It's this buffet and it's, <laughs> it's hard to describe. It's like 1200 seats and yeah. the buffet is, uh, you can see the curvature of the earth. <laughs> I always say that about our place too. So, but, uh, but anyway, uh, make a whole weekend of it. Come go see the, the collection in Birdsboro. You'll be blown away by it. Uh, it's an amazing collection and Mascaro has done a fantastic job of putting that together. And he's been a good friend of our place since day one. Mm-hmm. He comes down and we show from around in the golf cart and let him act like the king and he is the king so we we let him act that way uh but anyway and don't forget to check us out on the road don't forget to check our website don't forget to uh, listen to our podcast tell all of our friends americaswebradio.com is where you can catch it first mm-hmm. and then after that it's on all the different sites and uh if you got a great car to sell let us know we're uh we had 134 consignments last month unbelievable it was just an unbelievable month. It's the most we've ever consigned in one month. So we're busy right now, but keep them coming because we've got more room to fill and uh, we're, we, we, our goal is to get 1250 cars in here. So we're only 500 short. So anyway, next week we'll be, we don't know what we're going to do next week, but we'll have something going on. You'll hear something Tune from in. us. Tune in because it'll be a mystery guest and uh, you just never know who it'll be. And thanks for joining us at the Classic Automall podcast and we will see you next week. We appreciate your listening to our show today and don't forget, When you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.